Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. They do great work. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We've got a terrific show lined up for you today, including guests Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. We'll find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen will be joining us, as well as Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. And my wife, Linda, will be joining us. She's really up to date on what's happening in the news, as well as social media. Always appreciate that slant on what's happening around the globe. It is March the 1st, and on this day in 1781, the Articles of Confederation were finally ratified. The Articles were signed by Congress and sent to individual states for ratification on November the 15th, 1777, after 16 months of debate. Bickering over land claims between Virginia and Maryland delayed final ratification for almost four more years. Maryland finally approved the Articles on March the 1st, 1781, affirming the Articles as the outline of the official government of the United States. The nation was guided by the Articles of Confederation until the implementation of the current U.S. Constitution in 1789. The critical distinction between the Articles of Confederation and the U.S. Constitution, the primacy of the states under the Articles, is best understood by comparing the following lines. The Articles of Confederation begin, To all, to all whom these present shall come, we undersign delegates of the states, and by contrast, the Constitution begins, We, the people of the United States, do ordain and establish the Constitution for the United States of America. The predominance of the states under the Articles of Confederation is made even more explicit by the claims of Article 2. Each state retains its sovereignty, freedom, and independence, and every power, jurisdiction, and right, which is not by this confederation expressly delegated to the United States in Congress assembled. Less than five years after the ratification of the Articles of Confederation, enough leading Americans decided the system was inadequate to the task of governance that peacefully overthrew the second government in just over 20 years, the difference between a collection of sovereign states forming a confederation and a federal government created by a sovereign people lay at the heart of the debate as the new American people decided what form of government it would take. Between 1776 and 1787, Americans went from living under a sovereign king to living in sovereign states to becoming a sovereign people under the United States of America Constitution. That transformation defined the entire American Revolution. Such that's the real story. Has uh, that's the rest of the story. Well, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on Monday announced that he had denied a request from the state's National Guard to deploy the nation's capital for uh, President Biden's Tuesday's uh, State of the Union address. That's tonight, ensuring that the Florida National Guard will not be sent to Washington D.C. The Biden administration uh, last week. Re- requested assistance from the state National Guards ahead of Tuesday's speech. The request coincides with hundreds of National Guard members being activated in the D.C. area ahead of the address to assist with traffic and security. Florida's National Guard, however, will not participate. The Florida governor provided no further details on his denial. Biden is expecting to deliver the address tonight at 9 p.m., Conveniently, the Democrat-led U.S. House of Representatives has a sudden change of heart two days before his speech, lifting the chamber's long-held mask requirement before the televised event. The move comes as polls show that American people are souring pretty much on the left's handling of the Chinese coronavirus after a year of extended mask mandates and vaccine requirements under Biden, apparently triggering the sudden epiphany ahead of the midterm elections. What are they afraid of? He's going to get up there. What's in his speech is going to get people so upset that they need the National Guard? You know, I think these people are pretty much fear-ridden. Well, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis made some comments about the Russian invasion of Ukraine on Monday, saying that when Trump was president, they didn't take anything. DeSantis said it was important for the U.S. to exert more pressure on Vladimir Putin by crimping the nation's energy markets, saying hit them where it counts. 
But the Republican governor added, the problem with that with Biden is that he's stepped on the neck of our domestic energy here in the United States. And boy, has he. DeSantis uh, ridiculed the Biden administration for acknowledging concerns from environmentalists and halting the Keystone XL pipeline from Canada and for opposing oil drilling on federal lands, even though the Biden White House approved more federal permits last year than were issued by President Trump's first year. DeSantis said the U.S. has become energy independent under Trump. Now they're importing millions of barrels of oil from Russia. So why would you want to do that, the governor asked. When I was in Congress and Obama was president, Obama refused to send weapons to Ukraine. When Trump was president, we sent weapons to Ukraine. Putin didn't like that very much. When Obama was president, Putin took Crimea, he added. And when Trump was president, they didn't take anything. And now Biden's president, and they're rolling into Ukraine. Well, good analogy. Good understanding of what's going on. That from our governor, DeSantis. And speaking of which, Josh Hawley, he's a Republican from Missouri. Good guy. From February 28th, vowed to introduce legislation that will reopen energy production in the United States, quote unquote, full throttle at the cost of oil as the cost of oil continues to skyrocket amid uh, record inflation and uh, Russia's invasion on Ukraine. Announcing the legislation dubbed the American Energy Independence Act of 2022, he said on Twitter that the bill will reverse President Biden's shutdown of the American energy section and return American energy to full production. Great idea. I don't know if he'll have the support to it, and I'm quite certain that even if he gets the support, uh, the uh, Biden will certainly veto the uh, bill. Remember Charlie Crist, chain gang Charlie, they used to call him when he was a Republican because he was uh, so full of law and order. Well, he, uh, he's vying now to challenge Rep- Republican Governor Ron DeSantis in this year's gubernatorial race in the Sunshine State, has suddenly decided that it's time to move past the Chinese coronavirus over one year after DeSantis has already done so. It's time to responsibly move past COVID, the Democrat and former Florida governor said, noting that Omicron is fading and vaccines are plentiful. With that, Chris said that we should be able to turn the page on the crisis for good. We may never eliminate COVID, but like the flu, we can live with it without a major disruption in our lives. Chris' sudden shift in tone, calling to move past the coronavirus, coincides with other blue states in uh, making similar calls likely due to the consistent polling showing that souring opinion on the left hand on the less handling of the pandemic in other words it's not a change in the science it's a change in the political science and the politics of the entire thing the centers for disease disease control and prevention the cdc days before president biden's state of the union address also experienced a sudden change of heart concluding the indoor masking should not be required in most parts of the country What's more, the U.S. House of Representatives suddenly opted to drop its mask requirement, which has been in place for months prior to Biden's uh, address. Uh, Needless to say, that's because it's going to be televised. Well, DeSantis, who consistently crushes Chris in the polls, recently warned Americans about the left's sudden epiphany regarding uh, restrictions and masks and mandates. So when you start to see these kind of reevaluations or say all this, just understand this, the science didn't change, the medical science didn't change, the political science changed, and they feel the heat, he said. They know that voters have been tired of perpetual lockdown policies. They know they had basically offered no off-ramp, and they know that they're fixing to be whooped in the polls. So that's causing the epiphany, he said. Going to DeSantis again, uh, so articulate, so smart, makes such good decisions. Well, Ukraine and Russia were talking yesterday while the war continues. Uh, officials from Ukraine and Russia met at the Belarusian border, uh, border. The talks, the first since Russian President Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine last week, lasted five hours. I saw one report, it was only a half an hour, but it's five hours. The good news, the two sides agreed to keep talking. The bad news, they didn't agree to a ceasefire. Instead, the violence has escalated. And the Ukrainian President Vladimir uh, Zelensky, uh, Zelensky isn't optimistic. As he reportedly put it, real negotiations can only take place when one side is not attacking the other with rocket artillery. Putin is still going full force in hopes of capturing Ukraine. Civilians spent the night in shelters as the assault on 
Kharkiv intensified. Satellite images show a Russian military convoy that stretches about 40 miles heading towards Kiev. And Russia has reportedly used highly controversial cluster munitions and two civilian targets. A rocket attack in Kharkiv killed at least 10 civilians and injured dozens more. Dozens more. As active uh, acting uh, Zelensky labeled a war crime, uh, Russia has denied targeting civilians, but Russian forces have been met with fierce resistance from the Ukraine, especially around Kiev, and have yet to take over the city. Despite pull- putting his nuclear force on combat alert, that doesn't seem to be a movement on that front, so at least there's that. I mean, they're not going to use the nuclear weapons, at least the evidence so far. It's been about six days since Putin invaded Ukraine. That's longer than many expected the country would hold up against the Russian army. But with each passing day, the threat of escalation and further violence uh, still remains, and that's a real concern. The uh, Ukrainians are emboldened and proud people. They are really showing great resistance in spite of the, that's a David and Goliath story, really. President Zelensky is also calling for both a ceasefire for Ukraine's immediate ascension to the European Union as his government holds peace talks with the Kremlin delegation. Now, this is really doubling down on his part. I don't know if it's going to serve him well by doing this, but with the former Soviet uh, Socialist Republic would not qualify for EU membership under normal circumstances, Zelensky said that he's confident that his country could be admitted to the bloc under a special procedure. We'll appeal to the European Union for Ukraine's immediate ascension under a new special procedure, the economic actor turned wartime leader said in a press conference. Zelensky said he was grateful to Ukraine's partners in the European Union for their support so far. By the way, sent about 561 million bucks in arms shipments, but said the countryman's goal is to stand alongside all Europeans and most importantly, to stand on the level as you uh, European Union citizens. I'm confident that it's fair. And I'm confident that we deserve this. I am confident that all this is possible, he added. So, again, again, the Russian military convoy continues. It's grown from about 17 miles to about 40 miles. Kind of sounds like the truckers here in the United States. I mean, their, their convoy now is apparently 15 miles long. It's just unbelievable. It takes 40 minutes for the entire convoy to drive by. But back to uh, Ukraine, a satellite company said that the U.S. officials warned that the city could be a scene of a siege and ugly urban warfare. That, of course, in Ukraine and Kiev. Additional ground forces deployments and uh, ground attack helicopter units were seen in southern Belarus, less than 20 miles from the Ukraine border. White House sources said that CNN that they were carefully monitoring the convoy and were concerned not only about its increased size, but also the uptick in violence and indiscriminate killings. Zelensky, the president, of course, said that on Monday night that his country has so far in the five-day conflict been hit with 56 Russian missile strikes. 113 cruise missiles were fired. He accused Russia of war crimes after Vladimir Putin's force launched were uh, believed to be cluster and vacuum bomb attacks on the fifth day of their invasion. How's this all going to end? Should be so interesting. Well, we've got so much more to talk about, but right now we're going to take a little break. Uh, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, 
fabulous food and a rockin' good time, Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252 252- 4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Coming around the stretch, Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Good morning, Kathleen. When I say coming around the stretch, I mean that uh, just a little while left in the legislative session. How's it going? Well, uh, it's, it's been, uh, it seems like it's been going on forever, but not long enough. Um, hmm. We are going to be uh, concluding, hopefully, on March 11th, so it's a week from Friday. Uh, yesterday, the House and the Senate um, approved uh, the allocation of, uh, you know, state dollars, and it's a, it looks like uh, the state from general revenue is about $42 billion, and the rest are made up of trust funds and federal dollars to the hundred-and-something billion-dollar budget. Um, so what will happen is uh, the allocations are set, to the different budget silos, and now the budget silos in the House and Senate will meet to um, uh, confirm how they're going to be allocated in those silos. And uh, it, right now, we're not uh, we're not the same. So, for example, with Hughes uh, Healthcare, state dollars uh, are being allocated at fourteen and a half billion dollars. Hmm. Um, that does not include any of the federal funding. The House and the Senate are a couple of billion dollars apart. Well, not a couple of billion, but a couple of hundred million apart. So we have to uh, reconcile that, and we will not exceed fourteen uh, and a half billion dollars for health care. And, and so that's what will happen over the next three or four days. That's so interesting, Kathleen. Just did I hear correctly that? About 40% of the budget comes from state revenue, and the rest is entitlement programs, uh, federal funds, and uh, and so forth? Well, uh, you know, trust fund, yes. So of the hundred-and-something billion-dollar budget at $42 billion are just state general revenue. In other words, funds that come in from sales tax and other revenues. Uh-huh. Um, but, of course, we have... Uh, federal funds, just like uh, every other state, uh, particularly in, in health care, like the Medicaid dollars come from the federal government. Um, and that doesn't include some of the, uh, the funding that we've gotten from the federal government from the pandemic. Um, 
and then we have trust funds, which are uh, coming from different sources that are allocated to, uh, like we have a transportation trust fund, we have an affordable housing trust fund, and, and those, those types of things. So, and the reason I bring this up is because it just makes me wonder about the tentacles coming from Washington, D.C. to control our behavior here in Florida. I mean, I like to think that we're the freest of free states. And yet, with so much of the money coming from Washington, I'm just wondering how how much control Washington has over the money that's spent. Well, that's a that's a good uh, a good question or a good comment. Um, there are naturally uh, strings attached to federal funding, but there's uh, the, the state. Uh, you know, although we have um, a, a very robust economy, mm-hmm. there is no way that we could afford to to cover, for example, Medicaid. All right. You know, for all of our citizens. I mean, that's it's a federal program. Um, we, we're anticipating, like we put $64 million into the uh, EAA reservoir south of uh, Lake Okeechobee, and the federal government had committed to their share, which is another $64 million. Could we put it all in? Perhaps not. So mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's uh, something you said for that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I realize that we have a need for these programs, but they're irrespective. It, it's just it's somewhat concerning that 60% of our revenue coming in for a state budget coming from federal government well, and trust funds. So Yeah, but think, I mean, the problem is uh, we're a donor state. Yeah. We provide those the funds that go to the federal government are coming from our taxpayers. Exactly so, right. Um, you know, we are entitled or should uh, receive a return on our uh, investment, if you will. Absolutely. That makes good sense. So uh, just in general, I mean, in terms of how things are going, are you pleased with the budget? Are you pleased with the legislature, that the legislative uh, bills that have come through? Yeah, we've, you know, we've passed some uh, very uh, real meaningful legislation, some of which has been controversial, but, you know, we've been, uh, you know, the legislation has been balanced and well, well uh, out. Uh, we've been working closely with the governor on, on his uh, priorities. And, um, uh, you know, I think we're going to get there. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting in my position now, I don't file legislation. So I kind of miss that. I, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, filing uh, bills and, and pursuing them through committees. And now I'm sort of in charge of those harder in so many ways because I want to I want to take things and make my own stamp on them but that's not my role yeah um, so so you know my role is to help my colleagues get their priorities done and make sure that my um, my constituents are, are served so and that's kind of what I've been doing the last couple of years. nice opportunity for us to point out that uh, next year and next legislative session you will be the president of the Senate which is just an outstanding God achievement willing. <laughs> God yeah, God. it's uh, you know I, I I know I start thinking about it and I can't myself worrying about it. Uh, you know it's, it's tremendous responsibility but and challenge but uh, you know I feel like I'm ready for it and you know I've have I've big shoes to fill. President Simpson's done a, a terrific job and and uh, you know we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, Kathleen. Again, Kathleen Pasadena, our state senator. Any before I let you go, any comments at all going to the State of the Union address this evening and all the things? I don't know if you had a chance to see any of CPAC, but uh, there's been a lot going on politically right now. Any final comments? Yeah, I, it's um, you know, first of all, I mean, I'm just you know, I, I think our president is just not responding well to so many of the crises that are in front of us, and so I'll be curious to see how he's going to um, explain, you know, his take on what's going on. I, I'm, I'm not too hopeful. Um, and I, I don't know what they're going to do about the, the issues with Ukraine and Russia and, and how that's going to affect us. You know, it's way over my pay grade, but, you know, ultimately it's going to come down to every one of us. Yeah, he's got... One way. He's got to put on the sales shoes tonight. I just don't know how he's going to sell all this. I'm not sure they're buying this in Peoria, if you know what I mean. (laughs) I don't. Yeah, I agree. I I think uh, well, his uh, his approval ratings are so low. I'm I'm just not sure he's equipped to uh, deal with this. the growing uh, problems that are facing our country. I so much agree. Kathleen Passamo, again, our state senator, I genuinely appreciate your time here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. 
more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best and building a beautiful performing arts center in downtown Naples. Should be ready in a couple of years. You can find out by, about that and more. Just visit the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen right here on the Paradise Coast. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure, and as we were saying off air, just when you think things can't get any worse, it happens. It does. And uh, the world is in a real pickle right now. But what I'd like to first address on the home front is where did baseball go? You know, did they just all quit and go home? <clears throat> no, they, you know, it's, I'm so happy you brought that up because it's an important issue. It's an American issue. It's part of our culture. And yet uh, really haven't had time to talk about it. Fact is that they're meeting today. Then I'm talking about Major League Baseball and the union, the players' union. They're meeting today, and they said if they don't reach an agreement by five o'clock, they're going to have to shorten the season. So right now, uh, they're going through the process of negotiations. Uh, they're shortening for. They definitely have to shorten the. Uh, uh, the spring training, but uh, that's not a big problem for the players nor for the owners because it's not profitable to either of them. It's just a time to get ready for the baseball season. But uh, losing games—that's a big deal. It's big for the players and it's big for the uh, for the owners. So uh, stay tuned. If they can reach agreement, they've got some major hurdles and differences in their negotiations. For example, the starting salary for players coming into uh, for the first time in the major leagues. The players want seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a player. The uh, union or the the owners are at about six hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, I believe. Things like that. I mean, things that you 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 shrug your shoulders and say, "What's the big deal?" That's a lot of money for most people, you know. So, but yes, uh, it is. You know, the old saying, "Boo," is. Uh, when people work together, there's plenty for everybody. When somebody gets greedy, there's not enough for anyone. <laughs> and that's that's pretty much what's going on right now in professional baseball. Yeah, they're fighting over money. Yeah, that's it. Wouldn't it be amazing if everyone said, you know what, who cares about you guys? So they have spring training, they have an opening day, and the world has moved on. Yeah, I mean, it, I miss baseball. I miss I miss the news about even the transactions, the discussions on trades, and all the things that are going on in the offseason. I'm a big baseball fan, so uh, it's 
it's really sad to, to see what's happened. I saw that there was a, a tweet this morning from Bryce Harper, which is the great player for the Philadelphia Phillies. Bryce uh, had a, a fantastic career as an amateur, and now going into the pros, he's done a great job. Basically, sending out a teaser saying, hey, you guys over there in Japan, you're looking for another professional player? <laughs> <laughs> so no yeah, wow yeah so uh uh and i don't know if you remember the last, last baseball strike but we actually had players that broke the uh broke the union and decided to go ahead and play major league baseball anyhow <clears throat> they were considered scabs you know in the in the union parlance. Sure. uh inevitably they uh there was one on the boston red sox inevitably they became accepted but uh, there's so there's all that nonsense going on too, but I really, you know, I hope they can get this resolved today because it would be great. The American pastime, we need something like that, especially in lieu of everything that's going on around the world. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's it strikes me, you know, I, I really, every day I read the Wall Street Journal cover to cover, huh. and for so many weeks, months, years, at least half of the newspaper has been dedicated to COVID, mask mandates, red versus blue states, how they're handling it, on infinitum, uh, Fauci, on and on about COVID. Now, nobody talks about COVID. Just like that. Yeah. It's gone. Well, and, and it's... it's... Uh, but it's been replaced by something very serious. Yeah, absolutely. Well, of course, what's interesting is that conveniently it's gone. Or I've heard the, the saying saying that it's not the science that's changed; it's the political science that's changed. People realize uh, the polls are demonstrating the people are just fed up with it. So Charlie Crist and candidate for governor and all these other people are just saying, you know, <clears throat> maybe uh, it's time to change the the game plan, especially in lieu of Biden's State of the Union address that he'll be giving this evening at nine o'clock. Well, are you going to watch? Yeah, I'll watch part of it. Yeah, I think we should. I think in view of what's going on, I mean, these are perilous times right now. Yeah. And uh, just to see what his spin on it is, I think a lot of countries will be listening very carefully, not only the American people. Uh, He's got to present strength. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, for some reason they're putting fencing up around the Capitol. <laughs> it makes me wonder what content he's got planned that's going to get people up so upset that they're going to have to be put fencing around the Capitol. I mean, these folks are just paranoid, aren't they? It's just unbelievable. Oh yeah, but maybe it's part of the maybe that's part of their dialogue and their <clears throat> yeah there. I, I don't know. It's just. I'm so in awe of how the re- Ukrainian people have have uh, stood up against Russia. I mean, it's just just jaw dropping, really. Isn't, isn't, Zelensky, isn't Zelensky so inspiring? I mean, he tells Biden that Biden offered to, to give him a ride out of uh, out of Ukraine. He says, "I'm not leaving Ukraine. I don't need a ride. I need more weapons." <laughs> He was, uh, yeah. you know, when you do the juxtaposition of Biden hiding in the basement down in Delaware where the wire, uh, uh, war's going on and Zelensky's on the front lines encouraging his people to fight, you know, you just see the, the, the lack yeah, of leadership he, that we have a, here. He's a remarkable guy. Uh, yeah, and, and it's fascinating to see how the world has responded to the Ukraine as well. And how they've joined forces against Russia. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's, he's an unpredictable guy. Yeah. Is, and I don't think anybody knows which way he's going to go. And he's kind of scary. Well, what's scary about this entire thing is he's kind of getting boxed in. Because I, I would imagine he expected the uh, Ukrainian people to uh, drop their arms and go ahead and acquiesce to whatever his demands might be. You know, a lot of them are Russians. You know, he probably figured, hey, these people want to be uh, you know, part of the homeland, that being Russia. Well, that's not the case. It's pretty clear to me that the, the uh, Ukrainians want their independence and they want their freedom away from Russia. And they're fighting they're like mad dogs. They're just uh, really, really standing up against uh, the Russian attack. Now there's this uh, apparently convoy coming in of 40 miles long of tanks and other military equipment coming in. 
this is not going to end well unless Putin is willing to say, you know what, maybe I had it, maybe I got it wrong. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, what I thought about the Ukrainians was wrong, and so maybe we ought to just go back the way it was. I have real doubts. I don't of, think so. Yeah, I have doubts yeah. to do that. Yeah, I think we've passed that point yeah. where he said, where he could say he could save face and say, "All right, it was just a military exercise." Um, you know, we're going to pull back. He's way beyond that now. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like you get a, a wild animal cornered. You know, they snarl and they fight back and they fight to the death. Yeah. And he's almost like that. You know, you get him cornered, which he is now. He's not going to go quietly into the sunset. He's going to fight like a dog. Yeah, you are. I, I totally agree with you, Boo. It's... uh. These are scary times, especially with a high alert nuclear uh, signals on. So uh, hopefully uh, sanity and uh, calm will prevail. I have my concerns, don't you? Very much so. Very much so. And you have to be careful with him, you know, with all these sanctions. You, you, You need to penalize them. But again, you know, he's somebody that has the same faith, so you can't, yeah, it's a it's a tight tight uh, rope that you're walking that everybody is walking to allow him to back off. Yeah, if he's going to, and I think the other scary part of this is China's watching this very carefully, and I'm convinced after all of this, China will go after Taiwan. Yeah, well, China I mean, China will claw Taiwan Taiwan back. It would be great if Biden had great leadership skills and he were able to negotiate and talk some common sense, have some influence with Putin. Unfortunately, I don't believe that's the case. So we're going to have to pen, depend on Putin's good judgment, unfortunately. Boo, you know, I always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Well, he would find out what's new with Boo. It's just, it just makes me smile when I say that. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, have a great day for you. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, Seton Modley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.OptimaEd.org. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted 
in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Seton Miley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Tell us about Less Government. Please. We just reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and let's print some more money to give to Ukraine in a kleptocracy border service. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a it's an aspiration, less government. But uh, nevertheless, we and uh, we appreciate your good efforts to make it happen. Uh, Seton, you wrote a great column: uh, awful Biden nominees prepping for D.C.'s next rounds of cronyism. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yes, of course. You know, COVID. You know, they managed to fool most of the people for two years, and now finally, finally, you know, I'm watching. CNBC this morning, and they're like, I'm talking about the, the, the vaccines for five-year-olds. I'm like, if you're still anxiously awaiting a vaccine for your five-year-old, you should not have children. That's right. They should be taken from you. <laughs> so now that they're running out of that as an excuse, boom, we have a new excuse. And that's Russia. A new, not excuse, excuse me, a new distraction. And that, of course, is Russia. And, you know, if you find yourself on the side of big media, it's time to check your status. And everybody's against, you know, every, we're being told everybody's against uh, our incursion into, you know, the, the Russian incursion into Ukraine. I just spoke to my neighbor. He's married to a Russian who left Russia because she hates Putin and the lifestyle he created for him. And she said we have, she's furious that we're involved in this. She said, everybody's corrupt over there. Why are we choosing sides? Right. It's their mess. Let them deal with it. So anyway, we're being, you know, we're off on another train ride for which I didn't buy a ticket. And meanwhile, he's doing this because now he can continue to do domestic idiocies uh, and, add, and add to them. I mean, does, does us printing money to send to Ukraine... Which, by the way, they were, we, when Trump sent them weapons, they were using them to shoot Russians in the eastern part of Ukraine. Right. Jack, I can't imagine why Putin's so upset. Um, so we're going to print them more money instead of the – does that address our inflation? No, it exacerbates it. Does that, invas- does that address our supply chain problems? No. Does that address our um, terrible economy? No. Does that address our border? Gee, we're – Sending money to defend the border between Ukraine and Russia, I'd like to do the same between us and Mexico. So all these things are a distraction. Well, now he's going to, you know, it's, it's, it's an election year, and he wants to, as quietly as possible, continue to advance his leftist agenda. Right. And I focused on one aspect of it, which is his awful nominees. Um, we've got, I didn't even talk about the Federal Trade Commission, just because like, I, I run into these word limits. Um, and you know, the, but but he's obviously got the Supreme Court pick, who's an awful leftist jurist, who the Ninth Circuit kept overturning mm-hmm. sometimes unanimously because her 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 rulings are so crazy. And I looked at some of her more ridiculous rulings. The consistent theme is sides with government. Yeah, it's always siding with government advocates. Excuse me, let me rephrase. When Trump administration wanted to shrink government. She ruled to overturn their shrinkage. When somebody tries to get information from the Obama administration, she rules with the Obama administration. It's always growing government from her alleged jurisprudential position. Right. And, and now she's nominated the Supreme Court. The left wing loves her. They're pretending they don't because that's part of the game. You know, they, you know, if, if the left hates her and the right hates her, she must be a good pick. Um, <laughs> But they don't. They love her. Demand Justice loves her. And that's a crazy left-wing joint. Um, anyway, so that, that's going to be an awful gift to the left on the Supreme Court. Now we've got, and I think we've talked about her before, Gigi Sohn yeah. at the Federal Communications Commission. She's, the, the FCC is supposed to be a five-vote place, three of the president's party, so a 3-2 Democrat majority right now. And it's been two two since Biden got got elected because they they he hasn't nominated a, he didn't he spent like half most of last year not nominating a fifth commissioner he finally did it was I used to use Gigi Sohn as a visual aid for the worst possible pick Biden could make and he picked her well it wasn't she she's on thin ice she didn't get uh, her nomination didn't get through did it well they pulled it 
back. She had to have a second hearing, which almost never happens for nominees. Yeah. Um, because usually when, she, when someone's this awful and they, and they have a hearing and it doesn't go well, they dump her. I mean, we, we are a nation of 340 million people. There's got to be someone else. <laughs> but they want her because she's an ideologue. Right. And, and, um, and so they, re, they kind of like resubmitted her. And she had a second hearing, and that didn't go well. And then what we found out between the first and second hearing was she was rigging, she was stealing intellectual property. She, she was on the board of a company called Lowcast. Yeah. And what Lowcast was doing was taking broadcast signals from NBC, ABC, CBS, you know, all the over-the-air broadcast channels, stations, and just streaming it for free. Yeah. In the name of helping poor people, they're stealing intellectual property yeah so so here's what the, here's the evolution of that they got popped they got fined for either 33 or 34 million i can't remember which it was then she has a meeting with the national association of broadcasters and all of a sudden the fines dropped to eight hundred thousand dollars and then the next day she's nominated huh, huh. seaton you just so can't make be this... owned and operated by the national association of broadcasters on uh, the FCC. And you can't so make this up. She's going to recuse herself from all sorts of things. I mean, it, it, she's basically saying, I can't do the job. Because most of what she does, she's now recused herself from. You mean and, she... of course, she wants to do Title II net neutrality, which is a giant payoff to big tech companies. Um, because, of course, she's just, she's a terrible... And, and by the way, I want to remind everybody, the evolution of Obama's cronyism... He got a lot of money from Netflix, which uses one-third of all U.S. bandwidth all by themselves, yep. okay? Then he goes into office, he imposes net neutrality, which outlaws ISPs, Internet providers, charging Netflix for all the bandwidth they use. So we pay more to augment Netflix's profits. Yeah. Then he leaves office, and the same guy that gave him eight hundred grand in a campaign contribution from Netflix is in charge of new products and new productions for Netflix and gives Biden, I mean, gives Obama a $50 million deal to make movies. Yeah. Even though he's never, ever made movies in his entire life. Unbelievable. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. You know what? Uh, it just demonstrates how compromised these people can come be. They can't make decisions that are, oh, wait a minute. Is that what the president's? <laughs> that's kind of describes President Biden, doesn't it? With the Chinese, communist Chinese. But that's a... I, as I wrote in the piece, he's had a for sale sign on his forehead since he entered public office. <laughs> Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit Less Government. Government.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, I always appreciate your most informed commentary here on the show. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Linda Harden. Linda is my wife. She also is so extremely well informed of what's going on around the nation. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. 
For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board. Terrific organization, among other things, providing policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Linda Harden, my lovely wife. Good morning. Good morning, Linda. How are you doing? It's your brother's birthday today, and it's my birthday week. It's your birthday. That's right. Wednesday, or Thursday is Linda's birthday. That's correct. And we celebrate it from All Valentine's Day until... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> until, it's a uh, nonstop Mar- celebration. Mar- we won't talk about the number, but... March. Hey, first of all, I want to just ask you about that. Listen, the mainstream media is uh, basically painting Putin as the most evil man in the world and also commending Zelensky as an absolute total hero. Now, I, you know, and I, I want it all to be true like that, but you know what? I have my real doubts just because it's coming from the mainstream media. So just so you know, guess what is absolutely off of all media now? What? The pandemic. Suddenly, the pandemic, the no numbers are on, everything, it's absolutely gone completely. Yeah. No, I know. And, it, uh, of course, that's political science. It's not actual science. But, uh, but you're right. I mean, I, I, it's stunning to me to watch the media. They are just like, uh, yeah, yeah. Putin is Satan and, and Zelensky is the second coming. It's, it's just bizarre to me. You know, I was uh, with uh, a Russian citizen yesterday and we had an extended conversation and he was saying, hey, you know what? The American people have it all wrong. If you really paid attention to what's going on, Putin is really a good guy. Now, this guy came from Soviet Russia. He, came, he migrated to the United States as a, a, a com- coming to the United States for his personal freedom and so forth and for opportunity. But uh, he likes Putin. He says Putin's a good guy. He makes good decisions. And unfortunately, and he described the uh, uh, the people in Ukraine as being uh, Nazis, as Jew haters, as, uh, you know. He well, w- the Ukraine is, is where, by the way, the Clinton Foundation, the Bidens, uh, Obama, all these pe- Soros yeah. have been funneling all their money through. It's not exactly the the um, heaven on earth. Uh, yeah, what it's you're suggesting is perhaps there's a deeper and and uh, more important story embedded in all this. But so- somehow, some way, we've got the mainstream media basically saying Ukraine good, Russia bad. Oh wait, and 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 just let me let's talk about um, Putin and compared to Biden for a second. Now they're bringing all these people, these these uh, relics up from the past, like Condoleezza Rice and whatever, saying, oh, Putin looks like he's mentally unfit at this point. Something's terribly wrong with him. Yeah. Where did this come from? So uh, I guess my point is, is I'm not trying to defend or suggest that Putin's a good guy, nor am I saying that Zelensky and, and uh, Ukraine is bad. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is, What's the truth? I'm just asking the well, question. What can we count on? That's exactly right because I, because the media is, so, is going so over the top on this. Yeah, it is. It's very suspicious. So, are you going to watch the State of the Union address tonight? Well, I don't know if I can step that late. I don't know if I can tolerate watching uh, Nancy Pelosi with her false teeth in the back. Door. <laughs> well, a lot I, of people have false teeth. It's not her fault. <laughs> well, but but it's, or if she's intoxicated, or if she's going to rip something. I know I mean, you, you're not but, a fan of Nancy Pelosi, neither am I. No, I or that. Kamala Harris. But but can you imagine? Can you just imagine? I I I have to make myself stay up for it, at least part of it, because this guy, they, Joe Biden, is is not fit. Yeah. A and can you imagine that not only. No matter what he says, not only are they going to have the governor of Iowa give the Republican response, 
but they're going to have Rashida Talib, who is part of the, the part of the uh, the squad, the squad, yep. give her own progressive uh, uh, response. response to to put, uh, to Biden's speech. It is going to be better than Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I'm serious. yeah. I, I heard one pundit suggest that they're actually having. Uh, Rashida Tlaib give the response to the president's address is somewhat like having uh, sacking your own quarterback. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, you can't make this stuff up. It's so true. But uh, you know, I'd I'd be interested in staying. I I too I'd probably be fast asleep. Yeah, I'll be fast asleep. I'm sure by the time it's ten minutes into the speech. But that said, it'll be interesting it's because your job to watch he it. has he has a really tough task ahead of him. I'm not, I'm not defending and suggesting that. He should be up for it because he's not. I mean, his, his approval uh, ratings are so low, the polls just demonstrate that people don't have any trust in him. I don't know what he could possibly say that could revive or somehow uh, energize his camp, his uh, presidency. I know, I know what he's going to say. He had an interview with somebody. I, I don't know if you saw it or not, but there was a little snippet where he says, people don't realize how much better they have it, but they're just psychologically because of... of uh, COVID and whatever, they're just psychologically depressed. Yeah. They just don't haven't realized and how much I've done. Good luck with selling that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's <laughs> laugh out loud. I'm serious. I hate to re reuse this statement, but you can't make up what they're trying to push. Yeah, I know. It is just incredible. Well, you have to, uh, in politics, and I understand this, that you have to push something. You've got to try and make your case because it's Democrats against Republicans, and this is his chance to be on stage to try and make a positive spin going into the 2022 elections i just i think it's unachievable i just don't know how he can possibly do it uh, well that's why i'm saying it's going to be better than saturday night live his his approval rating is is searching for a basement floor because it is in free fall yeah i mean 37 percent approval let me see here here's the uh, the uh, his approval ratings uh sinks to 37%. And this is according to an ABC News poll. It's and, you not, know, and you know they're biased anyway. You know it's probably more like 25%. Oh <laughs> I mean, if, if they if they could do us all a favor if during the State of the Union address, if, if um, uh, somebody in power who has the ability to do this would just walk him off the stage like uh, and and out to the helicopter like I, they did with Nixon, for heaven's sakes. I, 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 have this, I have this question for you. What? Here's a bet. Well, do you think Biden's going to wear a mask out to give the State of the Union? No, address? because because the mask mandates are dropped. They've made it optional for for Congress. So, so optional is the operative word. I see him coming out with a mask on and taking it off when he starts his speech. You're probably right. You know, I, I, you know what? That's the least of my worries. In, <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, the world is blowing up. Um, yeah. the, what was funny yesterday? I I, brought, I showed it to you. I think was was that they had this ha Black History. Uh, celebration at the White House uh, the other day, and Joe Biden goes up and, and introduces Kamala Harris as the as president. president of the United States and, and, and just caught she, herself. Then she said, oh, and, my goodness. And then she said, well, I just wanted to make you laugh. <laughs> she was, I'll tell you, Linda, it's just you just can't make this stuff up. Well, well, you know, it's it's sad, but it's scary that this man has got the nuclear football under his grasp and, and right. somebody asked him in the white house yesterday should the united states be worried about nuclear war no 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 everything's fine yeah everything's and, fine and except that uh, russia right now is on high nuclear alert <laughs> <laughs> everything's fine though other than that everything's and, and, fine and here's let me just bring this up really quickly um it's it it just so amuses me in a sad way that they're saying nothing russia nothing russia nothing russia pouring out bo russian vodka everything's not russia Yet we're buying our, our oil, oil from, from Russia. Russia and sending them. We're wiring them money every oh. day. <laughs> you can't, and you know why can't we just, as the governor suggested, why don't we just turn the spigot on? As Hawley's going to recommend a bill to uh, go full throttle on American energy. That's what we should be doing right now. But not Biden. He wants to build more windmills and get moonbeams and sunbeams coming in. It's it's just. It's insanity. It is indeed. Linda, always appreciate your most animated and well-informed commentary here and on the show. it's early yet. It is early. And, and, and can you imagine the news that's going to break? We didn't even talk about the truck convoy that's coming to, to Washington, D.C. That's like 15 miles long and, and, and says that people want their freedom back and we're fed up and... 
Oh my goodness. It's it's all so interesting. Now I wish you the very best for a for a happy birthday week. Thank, thank you, you thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Uh, tomorrow we're going to visit with Bob Levy, chairman of the Cato Institute. We'll also visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Always appreciate your Andy's uh, commentary on what's happening in the world. So I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>